one of America's greatest poets in our history is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The year 1860 found Longfellow very happy in his life. Things were going well. He was becoming more uh, famous, uh, notoriety, and gaining widening recognition. And he was elated over the election of Abraham Lincoln to be the president of the United States. He believed that Lincoln's election uh, would uh, signal the triumph of freedom in America and redemption for the nation. Well, a year later, the Civil War began. In 1861, uh, on July 9th, Longfellow's wife, Fanny, was near an open window sealing the locks of their daughter's hair using hot sealing wax, when all of a sudden her dress caught fire and engulfed her with flames. Her husband was sleeping in the next room and was awakened by her screams. As he desperately tried to put out the fire and save his wife, he was severely burned on his face and hands, which is why he grew the long beard. It was too painful for him to shave after the scars of the burns. In fact, his burns were so severe that he wasn't able to attend his wife's funeral. In his diary for Christmas Day, 1861, he wrote, How inexpressibly sad are the holidays. In 1862, the, toll, the war toll of dead began to mount. And in his diary for that year, Longfellow wrote of Christmas. He says, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. In 1863, his son ran off to join the Union Army, and he was severely wounded and returned home. Uh, but on Christmas Day, uh, uh, he returned home in December, and that year there was no entry into Longfellow's diary for Christmas that year. But on Christmas Day, 1864, at the age of 57, Longfellow sat down to try and capture, if possible, the joy of the season, and he began with these words, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. As he came to the third stanza, he was stopped by the thought of his condition and the condition of his beloved country. The Battle of Gettysburg was not long, pa not long past. Days looked dark, and he probably asked himself the question, how can I write about peace on earth, goodwill to men in this war-torn country? where brother fights against brother and father against son. But he kept writing, and this is what he wrote. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It seems as if he could have been writing for our day today. Then all of, as all of us should do, he turned his thoughts to the one who gives true and perfect peace. And he continued writing, then pealed the bells loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. When, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that is how the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, came into being. A man full of sorrow and sadness was able to recapture the joy of Christmas. My question for you this morning is, what do you do when life is hard? What do you do when life is more than you can bear? When things are going wrong and there is little hope, when there is little joy, when there is little peace, when circumstances and tragedies are the norm, what do you do when Christmas is neither holly nor jolly? Where do you turn? 
where do you turn? I believe that we should turn to the manger, to the manger of Bethlehem, where the baby born so long ago was laid to save us. Jesus came to earth to be our Savior, and he, he was laid in the manger. And in that manger, we can find the joy of Christmas once again. In Luke chapter 2, we read the birth of Jesus Christ. Grab your Bible and turn there to Luke 2, 1 through 20, and we're going to read that passage. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab one out of the pew in front of you. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We've been talking about Christmas music on Sunday mornings. We've been looking at the original songs of Christmas sung by the original cast of characters. Uh, we looked at Mary's song a couple of weeks ago, the song she sang when she went to visit her relative Elizabeth. And she sang a song of praise to God, Mary's song of praise. Last week we talked about Zechariah's prophetic song, his song of prophecy. And it was a song that he sang when his son John the Baptist was born. And it was a song that talked about the Messiah and how God had sent his Messiah, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and our friend. Today, uh, I'm sorry, on Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about Simeon. And we're going to talk about Simeon's Song of Hope this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. I hope you're able to join us for Christmas Eve here at GFCC. But today we're going to talk about uh, the angel's song of joy. We live in a world where joy is in such short supply. You know, we look everywhere. We look everywhere for, for happiness. Uh, yet we're so very unhappy. You walk around and you see people and everybody just looks unhappy. Uh, we look everywhere for contentment. 
And yet it seems that all we want is more and more and more. We want to consume more and buy more and, and get more and hoard more and, and keep more. And we're, un- we're, we're discontented. We look everywhere for peace. And yet peace is so hard to find. You watch the news and you read of places like Ferguson and the Eric Garner situation and uh, what's going on in the Middle East and Af- Afghanistan. And everywhere you look, peace is hard to find. We look everywhere for love. If we could just be loved, if we could just find true love. And yet we live in a world that is so cold and love is so rare. No, we don't need to be happy. We want to be happy, but we don't need to be happy. We don't, we don't need contentment necessarily. Uh, we don't even need love the most. I believe that what we need most this year is joy. Because joy comes from Jesus. And when you know Jesus, you will know joy. And joy goes beyond circumstances and situations. Joy is transcendent. Joy is something that lasts and lasts and lasts. And it never goes away. Joy is what Jesus brings. And joy is what we find in the angel song that they sang. In Luke chapter 2. So if you'll grab your bulletin and pull that out and turn to page 3, you'll find the handy dandy outline. You can take some notes and and keep track of where we are. There are three aspects of the angel song that lead to joy. Okay, three aspects of the the angel song that lead to joy. The first uh, part of this song is the angel saying glory to God. That when we get outside of ourselves and we sing glory to God and we sing praises to God, we will find our lives filled with more joy. In response to the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ, the angels sang a song of joy. Uh, They could not even keep silent. Now when the angels began to sing, uh, the first angel appeared. The angel appeared uh, to the shepherds and talked to the shepherds and told them about this good news of great joy. And then the heavens burst into brilliant light. A host of the heavenly, uh, the heavenly host of angels appeared. Thousands and thousands and thousands of angels appeared in the sky. Could you imagine the brilliant light shining in the midst of the night, in the midst of the darkness? This bright light shines. And it terrifies the shepherds, scared them to death. They were terrified. And the angel says, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. The angels began to sing. They burst into the sky and they sang this song of joy. Glory to God in the highest. And why were they singing praise to God? Why were they praising God who lives in the highest? Because of what he had done. Remember what verse 11 says in Luke chapter 2. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The people of Israel have been longing for centuries for the Messiah to come. They have been longing for a Savior, longing for someone to come and redeem them, to rescue them, to ransom them. And this was the day. It finally happened. It had finally occurred. The Savior had been born. He was here. On earth, just as God had said, just as he had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I'm going to bless all nations through you. And he did that by sending his son. He did that by sending the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one that God promised to send. The angels sing a song of joy. 
And they brought, this angel brought good news, but not just any news. I mean, there's good news that we hear all the time, but this is good news of great joy. A baby had been born. Joy, like I said, in those days was in such short supply. In our world, joy is in such short supply. We live in a world that is miserable and full of miserable people. How many of you know miserable people? All right, put your hand down. How many of you are miserable people? Some of you are honest. Beautiful. That's great. How many of you went shopping yesterday? Super, what do they call it? Super Saturday, something like that? Like the busiest shopping day of the year? How'd that go for you? You didn't run into any miserable people then, did you? Walking around the store going, I hate this stupid holiday. I hate these stupid toys. I hate these stupid kids. What's the point? We live in a world that is miserable and full of misery. People complain all the time. How many of you com- don't answer that? <laughs> don't answer that. We complain about our lives. We complain about our spouses. We complain about our kids. We complain about our jobs. We complain about our preach. Don't complain about your preacher. Okay? I love you guys. Don't complain about your church. Don't complain about your church. But we do. We complain about everything. Where is the joy? We'll show up to church, we'll sing joy to the world, but is there joy in our hearts? I mean, we're singing it with our mouths, but are we singing it with our hearts? Are we really full of joy? Do we really believe that joy has come to the world? We sing it, but do we mean it? Do we feel it in our hearts? Where is the joy? It's in the manger. That's where joy is found. Like I said, Jesus Christ is the very definition of of joy. He is joy. You know, you can have all the money. You can have all the fame. You can have houses and land. You can have cars and clothes. You can have family and friends and fun in the sun. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have joy. Because Jesus is joy. And the good news of great joy is still all about Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of the living God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the only one who can save you from your sins. He is the reason that the angels sang glory to God in the highest. He is the reason that we should sing glory to God in the highest. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know joy. And you need joy. And you need Jesus. The second phrase that the angels sing is peace on earth. Uh, I I put in your bulletin as peace to the earth because that's what it means is that that Jesus is going to bring peace to the earth. So the second blank on your outline is peace to the earth. See, the birth of Jesus means that peace was coming to the earth, that there could be peace on earth and goodwill to men. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one who knows what peace is all about. The people uh, knew this prophecy concerning the Messiah. It came from the Old Testament, from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah wrote these words. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Did you hear what I just heard? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So many people in our world long for peace. We want peace in our world, peace between nations, peace between people. But the Prince of Peace did not come. 
to bring peace between nations. He did not come to bring peace between people. He did not come to bring peace between governments or peace between the races. He came to bring peace between God and humanity. The Prince of Peace came to bring peace between us and our Creator. The peace that Jesus brings is peace between us and God. This word for peace is closely tied to the word for salvation. Paul wrote in Colossians that we were once God's enemies. Look at this verse. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Because of our sins, we were once enemies of God. We were enemies of God. I don't know about you, but I don't have many enemies that I'm aware of. Okay, I, I, I don't receive a lot of threatening mail. Uh, I don't get, you know, nobody's threatening to pull my movies, uh, anything like that. Um, I, I tell you right now, if I, it, you know, I don't want God to be my enemy. I can't think, I'd rather have a North Korean dictator as my enemy than God. I don't want God to be my enemy at all. And yet the Bible says that because of my sins, because of my sinfulness, because of the things I say, do, think that aren't pleasing to God, the disobedience, the rebellion in my heart, because of my sins, I was once an enemy of God. But, verse 22, says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation because Jesus died on the cross we have salvation and we have peace with God could there be any greater reason to have joy at Christmas than the salvation that God has brought to us through his son Jesus that Jesus came and he suffered and he died on the cross for our sins and now we can be saved we can have peace with God that is the peace that Jesus can bring, is peace between humanity and God. And then we get to the third part of the song. The third blank on your outline is grace for everyone. Grace is for everyone. The angel said that this peace is for everyone on whom God's favor rests. You see, the peace that Jesus brings, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. And you can't buy it. You can try. You can try to be good enough. You can try and do enough good deeds. You can try and put enough money in the offering plate. But you can't do it. You can't earn this peace. You can't earn this salvation. You can't earn this forgiveness. It can only be received by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus by believing in Him, repenting from your sins, confessing your faith and being baptized, your sins are washed away and you have peace with God. You are no longer enemies with God, and that only happens by His grace. It only happens as a free gift from Him. You can't earn it by being good enough. You can't balance out the scales. Your good deeds can't outweigh your sins. Okay? But when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you are saved by His grace, God's grace tips the scales in your favor. It doesn't balance them out. No, He tips the scales in your favor. In, in your favor. That is what is meant by goodwill toward men. Goodwill toward men and women and children and everybody. This goodwill comes by God's grace. It is His favor that is bestowed upon us. 
By sending Jesus, God showed the world how much he loves us. That's what John 3.16 is all about. God demonstrated his love for the world, for everybody, by sending his son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He demonstrated his love. He showed his favor to all humanity, to the whole world. And God's favor rests on the whole world because God loves the whole world. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. God's favor and his love are for us. I cannot, I, I can't put it into words. I cannot express in words how much God loves us. It was only demonstrated on a cross. That is the only way that God could fully demonstrate how much he loves us. Is when Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross and they nailed his hands and feet. And it was through that sacrificial gift that we found forgiveness and salvation. Then God raised him on the third day and he brought him back to life. And he ascended into heaven and he's coming back again. And he is going to return. And we live now in a time of second advent. We await our Savior from heaven, who is coming back to take us home, to be with Him for all eternity. We are the objects of God's love and favor. This is the reason that joy has come to the world. The reason we can sing joy to the world is because we are favored by God. Jesus was born and he, uh, in a manger, and He died for us all. He did not die for a select few. He died for everybody once for all. And everyone can have peace with God through faith in Jesus. Everyone can have the hope of Christmas in their hearts. Everyone can have the joy of Christmas in their lives. Everyone can have joy. Everyone. Robert Reed is a missionary. He says this. Max Lucado tells the story of, of Robert Reed and says, I have everything I need for joy. His hands are twisted and his feet are useless. He can't bathe himself. He can't feed himself. He can't brush his teeth, comb his hair, or put on his underwear. Strips of Velcro hold his shirts together and his speech drags like a worn audio cassette. You see, Robert has cerebral palsy. The disease keeps him from driving a car, riding a bike, and going for a walk. But it didn't keep him from graduating from high school or attending Abilene Christian University where he earned a, graduate, uh, earned a degree in Latin. Having cerebral palsy didn't keep him from teaching at St. Louis Junior College or venturing overseas on five mission trips. In 1972, he decided to become a missionary to Portugal. And he moved to Lisbon all by himself. And he rented a hotel room and began studying Portuguese. He, while he was there, he found a restaurant owner who would feed him after the rush hour and a tutor who would instruct him in his language. And then he stationed himself in a park where he distributed brochures about Jesus Christ. Within six months, he led 70 people to the Lord including his wife, Rosa, whom he met. 
Max wrote this about him. He says, I heard Robert speak recently. I watched other men carry him in his wheelchair and put him onto the platform. I watched him lay a Bible in his lap. I watched his stiff fingers force open the pages. And I watched people and the audience wipe away tears of admiration from their faces. Robert could have asked for sympathy. He could have asked for pity, but he did just the opposite. He held his bent hand up in the air and boasted, I have everything I need for joy. Max writes, strips of Velcro hold his clothes together, but joy holds his life together. My question for you this morning, what is holding your life together? What are you being held together by? Are you being held together by your family and by your friends? What would you do if you lost someone you loved unexpectedly? Are you being held together by your job or by your career? Or what would you do if you suddenly became unemployed? Are you being held together by your bank account or your retirement fund? What would you do if the, eto- the economy tanked again and you lost it all? What is holding your life together? There is only one thing that can keep you held together in the darkest of days and the most difficult of circumstances. There is only one thing that is guaranteed to last and last and last. There is only one thing that can keep you going when you want to throw in the towel. That, my friends, is the joy that Christmas can bring into your life through Jesus Christ. See, joy goes beyond happiness because happiness is dependent upon circumstances and situations. Circumstances change. Situations change. Joy is dependent on your Savior. He never changes. His grace and His love never change. He will always love you, and He will never leave you or forsake you. He will always care for you, and He will never condemn you. He will always love you, and He will never stop loving you, ever. He will love you no matter what. Turn to Him now. Turn to Him to give you the joy that you long for and that you so desperately need. Turn to Him for the salvation that only He can offer you. Find that joy of Christmas by receiving salvation. Find the joy of Christmas by receiving forgiveness. You can do that today. And if you know this joy, if you know this Savior, if you know this love, and this forgiveness and this salvation, then tell somebody about it. Tell somebody what Christmas is really all about, what the joy of the season really is about. It's not about stuff. It's not about things. It's not about trees and carols and holly and all that stuff. No, the joy of the season is about Jesus. The angels sang and welcomed his birth. And we are filled with joy because of the, the peace on earth that he brings and the goodwill to everyone.